got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here. And in today's video, we have a lot to talk about. First and foremost, we are going to be diving into some news coming out of Ukraine because their president named Zelensky looks like he wants to drive his nation in the direction of adopting legal tender such as Bitcoin in the exact same way that El Salvador did last Tuesday. He sent a team to El Salvador to work with their government to see if it's something that the Ukrainian government wants to consider. We might be seeing by the beginning of 2023, a Ukrainian Bitcoin legal tender bill passing. This would be a massive adoption story for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and could open up the possibility of further Bitcoin and crypto adoption in the former Soviet bloc and in the European Union. We're also going to be talking a little bit about Bitcoin. We have a ton of different facts that we need to go over there. There's a lot of very interesting things going on in the Bitcoin technicals. I think it's going to be a very bullish week for Bitcoin, despite what some people and analysts are saying. And then we're going to do a little bit of a lightning round at the end of this episode. I'm going to run over several different headlines that you guys need to know about so that you guys know what's going on in crypto today. Make sure to grab your coffee. This is your morning coffee and crypto show. You're not going to want to miss this one, guys. Make sure to smash that like button if you haven't already. We already got a thousand people watching. I know we can get to 250 likes here in the next couple of minutes. I want to first introduce before we get started, my co-host, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? I'm doing great. Hello, I'm, I'm doing awesome. Uh, have my, you know, who knows what's in here, but yeah, I have my crypto Got coffee, crypto too. mug. Yeah, uh, so that's merch nice. in the description. Merch link, link in the description. Link in the description. Yeah, promotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I got tired of those old sponsors. They were letting me down. Yeah. So yeah, none of, none of them ever paid you. You were promoting Under Armour and like I I went out on a limb to be nice to them and they never did got a nothing. Response. So we never got paid a dime from them. Can you believe tragic. that? Either way, if Under Armour wants to sponsor us, we will uh, rescind that. But I don't think they will. We are no, also. I'll, I'll continue to rep Under Armour. There, I like them. Oh, okay. It's well, the which, drinks. It's body armor? Celsius it's, and body armor mm, just really... Mm. I'm surprised there's not a Celsius or a body armor on your desk right now, Tim. I'm going to be honest with you. Because yeah. it's in the mug. Oh, 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 okay. It's okay. not. It's not. But they'll never know what's in the mug. They'll if they could know. see my entire desk, they would know, but it's it's out of shot. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. We're also joined, as always, by our producer, the one and only Smay. How are you doing, Smay? Hello, everybody. I have a great thing today for you guys. <laughs> and here's what I have. I have to get the um, the honor to shout out all of our wonderful members, all of our wonderful members. I'm going to actually today, since this is the first one, going forward, the way it's going to look is that I'm going to pick three new people every day. Let's go. But since since we're, this is new, I'm just going to go ahead and go ahead and shout out a good amount, more than three. So I'm going to go ahead and shout oh. out um, Adam Rourke. Thank you. Who are you shouting out to? Smack. I just said. I just said Adam the name. You're shouting out. No, no, no. I know, but you're shouting out our members, right? Yeah, our members. Okay. Oh, yes. true, 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 true. Good uh, catch there. Uh, Adam Rourke. Thank you. Matt C. Thank you. Let's go, Matt C. Tommy Lou. Let's Thank go, you. Tommy Lou. Edward Hess. Thank go you. Edward Hess. Yard Dog Rick 4962. Yep. Thank hey, you. Yo, Yard Dog Landscaping. Yeah, yeah. Alexandra, uh, Alexandri Inacio. Thank you. Neil Melker. Thank you. Jeffrey Fritz. Thank Let's you. Go. And Crypto Night. Thank you. We got More shout outs will be coming every single morning. Heck yeah. I love you guys. And also, guys, I've seen the progress. Zach Bradley, if you're in the chat, I love you. I've seen the prad the the progress on the Simeon Ladder shirt, guys. Be on the lookout. The merch. Speaking More of the, merch is coming, guys. Speaking of the ladder, where is the ladder? Yes, where's your ladder? It's uh, on camera. I can it's, see it over here. 
Okay, I was gonna say something, and now you just spoiled where it was. Oh, I'm it's sorry. off camera. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's off camera. Smay was gonna tell you a very interesting story, and I absolutely ruined it. Guys, one more thing that we have to cover is for those members out there, we've got some really cool stuff coming for you guys. As you guys know, we launched merchandise, and our members have some special uh, deals with that merchandise. Smay, in 15 seconds, what do our members get when they join? Stuff. They get Ooh, stuff. Yes. Oh, but Boom. not but not always stuff. Sometimes emotional stuff. Ooh, heard it here first, folks. You get emotional stuff. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and dive into our content. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure to grab yourself a cup of coffee if you haven't already. We need to talk about the nation of Ukraine. I'm going to bring up an article here. And we're gonna and we're gonna dive almost a jive. We're gonna jive right on into this, guys. Seriously, why is Ukraine doing an El Salvador? Last week, Ukraine legalized cryptocurrency in a near unanimous vote, and it looks like the former Soviet bloc republic is taking things a step further by making Bitcoin legal tender. One of the big topics of discussion in the last couple of days has been about the President Zelensky right here, a vocal Bitcoin evangelist, and how he has already instructed his ministers to transform the Ukraine into a crypto-friendly nation. In fact, he also says the people of Ukraine are not are not only prepared for a financial revolution, they are also used to it and expect it. He believes that the Ukrainian um, currency, I'm not even going to try and pronounce how it's called. It is uh, this right here. It's H-Y. Here, I'm going to pull a Tim here. Uh, Hiravina. Listen, the, pronunciation the, is hard. It is. We it are is. crypto channel, not a pronunciation channel. I don't, I'm not from the Soviet bloc. I, yeah. I don't know how to say any of this, but most of what we're hearing right now about Ukraine is coming from this professor. Let's give it a try. Um, Yuvashishlev. Yevonejevsny. <laughs> there we go. Was, that was terrible. Either way, this professor is, uh, he knows the president, Zelensky. I can say Zelensky pretty easily. He knows him, and he believes that the nation is going to be making Bitcoin legal tender by the start of 2023 and create a dual currency nation, similar to how El Salvador is a dual currency nation now, with Bitcoin and the U.S. dollar both being fully legalized, where Bitcoin sits along the fiat... Hiravina? If anyone wants to tell me how to pronounce that in chat, go for it. I tried to find out before it went on stream so I could be all professional, you know. It didn't work. Nevertheless, this is a big news story, but it is at the moment just speculation. And by the way, as far as I can tell, there has not been any official statement by the Ukrainian government that they are going to adopt Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I want to clarify that because a lot of people are miscommunicating that. Zelensky is very bullish on Ukraine. Uh, on Ukraine. He's very bullish on Bitcoin, and he traveled to San Francisco to learn more about how blockchain technology is taking uh, place and it's being developed in Silicon Valley. He's done some public speeches and talks about how Ukraine should become the hub for cryptocurrency in Europe. But as of yet, there's not an official announcement or official bill that has passed any kind of parliament or governmental body in Ukraine that says that it's going to be legal tender. However, most people in Ukraine, Zelensky himself, seem to believe that in the next two years that is going to be coming. So this is a developing story and we're going to keep an eye on it. But I want to ask a couple of questions here. Number one, I have a question for you, Tim. What would it mean for other nations to see Ukraine adopt a cryptocurrency as their national currency right on their doorstep, uh, right on their doorstep? It, yeah, it, it would be amazing. The only country that we have seen do this so far, El Salvador, which is a super, super small country, still created massive ripples in the crypto space, not only for the news, but for the future price of Bitcoin and other cryptos as well. So you talk about Ukraine again. Is Ukraine the largest country in the world? No, but is it larger than El Salvador? And is it a massive step in that direction of bigger countries like, I, I think Russia recently has kind of come out and said, no, we're not gonna be doing that anytime soon. But then again, you never know. 
it's another big step for adoption. As we even talked about with the El Salvador thing, that's even more pressure on the world banks to be accepting and taking crypto seriously as currency because that's the whole debate. Will Bitcoin, is Bitcoin actually a currency? Is it just an asset or is it a currency? Well, that debate could be settled very quickly if countries started saying, like, if a country decides, yes, it's a currency, we're using it as a currency, guess what? It's a currency. Yep. Uh, so that that news, if Ukraine decides to come out, I think that's a massive step forward and, and not to belittle what El Salvador did, but I think it's actually bigger news than El Salvador. I completely agree. I have some statistics right here, guys. Ukraine's population is 44.4 million as of 2019, whereas El Salvador's population in 2019 was 6.45 million. So Ukraine is eight times the size population-wise. Gross domestic product-wise, Ukraine makes up $154 billion worth of the U.S. economy, whereas El Salvador only makes up 20 $27 billion worth of the U.S. economy. So we're seeing a nation with eight times the population and five times the GDP potentially moving in the direction of adopting Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And here's one of the reasons why I think this might be not only for that reason, but for this reason too, one of the biggest stories that we've seen in Bitcoin lately. Now, again, I have to preface, this is not official, but many people that know Zelensky and know many people in the government of Ukraine believe that this is coming in the next two years. Here's why this is a big deal, not just because Ukraine is bigger and not just because Ukraine is more wealthy overall. The reason that this matters is because El Salvador is on the footstep the doorstep, I should say, of Central America, Mexico, and the United States. I don't think that Mexico is going to be in any way, shape, or form anytime soon adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. Other Central American nations, maybe, and I would bet just about anything that the U.S. dollar is not, that the United States government is not going to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender, considering they own the world reserve currency, which is the U.S. dollar. In contrast to that, in Ukraine, there are a plethora of Soviet bloc countries which are constantly being pressured by Russia, their former overlord of the USSR that broke up in 1991, and they are constantly under the thumb of Russia because Russia still has an incredible amount of power. Like Tim said, it's very unlikely that Russia themselves is going to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender, but former Soviet bloc countries like Belarus or some of the other ones around there might move in the same direction if they see Ukraine, which is one of the largest Soviet bloc countries, adopting Bitcoin. Furthermore, there are a plethora of first world and very, very rich and developed nations right next to Ukraine. We're talking France, we're talking Britain, we're talking Germany, we're talking Switzerland, Italy, Spain, Portugal, all of these other nations that are very, very close to Ukraine and have very uh, close and intimate ties with Ukraine. All of them could be watching Ukraine say, this is a European nation adopting Bitcoin. Here's what it did for them. And by the end of the decade, I think if Ukraine moves in this direction, we could see the Bitcoin wave start in Europe, the likes of which we've never seen before. So I think that this would be a huge deal for Europe. I think that this could be one of the first inroads that Bitcoin makes on the legal level into Europe. So Tim, I have another question for you. Could this be a tipping point for the Soviet bloc countries, considering they are always being pressured by Russia, their former overlord? Do you think Ukraine might lead those Soviet bloc countries and they might start to adopt Bitcoin for the same reasons that Ukraine is. Yeah, I, I could see I could see that being a real possibility, uh, especially just trying to get away from Russia's power, authority. You know, that's something we've seen in the news in the last couple of years, the continual struggle there to get away from uh, what was formerly the Soviet Union. But the thing is, what's actually really interesting, Jeff, what I was going to say earlier, uh, when you were talking about even America, do I think America is going to be anywhere close to adopting Bitcoin as legal tender? No. 
I don't know where this study came from. I don't know who was asked, but actually there was a recent study that said 27% of Americans that they interviewed would actually want Bitcoin to become legal tender. So I don't know if they found a YouTube channel uh, viewers to do this, but they said 27% and well over 50, I think it was like 57% said they would be open to Bitcoin becoming an option as a legal tender so they could use it alongside. When we see numbers like that with the with the lack of education on crypto overall, like I think we're getting to a place where in the United States, you have probably heard the word Bitcoin. But even as Smay found out a couple weeks ago walking the streets, most people do not have any idea whatsoever how to use it. Yep. I think that we are moving closer and closer to, like, I, I think when we say we, we don't see Bit, uh, US doing that for a while, I don't know what the definition of a while is. Like, I, I don't think it's like within the next year or two, but I'm like five, 10 years from now, I think this discussion is going to look completely different. Moving back to the Ukraine really? thing. Yeah, I think completely. Do you different. think the US government might adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender? So here is the thing. This is this is why crypto is such a good thing for the entire planet is because when you hold the money, you hold the power. When when the government has to listen to its people, that is when the people that's when you actually see freedom with Bitcoin surgeons, with it, with its with other countries adopting it, with the populace demanding it. Like I said, right now, with a very, a very. Uh, let's wait on our phrases with a lack of education about crypto. We already see 27% of people saying that they want that to happen. We see over 50 saying we at least want the option. And that's with a lack of education. Can you imagine what's going to happen here in the next couple of years as people learn more? Because people are going to learn more, especially based off what we talked about yesterday with Ben, you know, with 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 the current, you know, inflation of the U.S. dollar. But then we're going to see a deflation. We're going to see all this craziness happen. Maybe the crypto's prices drop for a little bit, but we are going to see people flock to it as a more advantageous place to store their money. When that happens and people start demanding things, it's like a dam. A dam can stop water for a while, but when the water pressure is too high, the dam will break. And and I think that that is happening. We saw it happen in El Salvador. Now we're seeing other countries start to talk about it. You know, we've seen countries in Africa talk about it, other countries in Central and South America. Now we're seeing it move to Eastern Europe and Ukraine and potentially even into Asia. I think that that our timeline for thinking when that dam will break probably should be beginning to be accelerated. Interesting. Tell me what you think in the chat, guys. Do you think that Bitcoin is on a trajectory to be adopted as legal tender in the United States in the next five to 10 years? That's interesting. Remember, Bitcoin's only been around for 12 years. So 10 years is double is half of Bitcoin's lifetime. We've seen a lot of growth from zero to two trillion dollars in 12 years, almost 13 years now as of January 3rd, 2022. So it's possible. But I want to hear what you think. Is uh, America going to be adopting Bitcoin in the next 10 years? And are other Soviet blocks? nations going to be adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender the same way that Ukraine is doing right now or hopefully in the next couple of years. Do you think they're going to do that in the next five? What's up, Smay? I disagree. You disagree? I disagree with What Tim. do you disagree with? Let's yeah, no, I, I, I expected I, I, you to disagree. I, I was going to say, Let's I most people disagree. Here's my, here's my thing. As much as I want that to be the case, I don't think, I think the government has shown that they're willing to go against the peop, what the people want even when it's uncomfortable, you know? And I think at the end of the day, um, 
the inter the the interest and the advantage that the government has when it's manipulating the U.S. dollar is so much stronger than if they were to concede. And I mean, they're basically going to give up ninety percent of their power as soon as they uh, you know shift over to letting Bitcoin become a, uh, a, um, a legal tender. So I think U.S. I am predicting to be honest with you, the U.S. The United States will be one of the last countries. That's what I'm to thinking. adopt. I think that the only way that the U.S. would adopt crypto is what Chad would just said in chat a few minutes ago, the United States won't have a choice. I think the only way that the U.S. is going to adopt Bitcoin is if they don't have a choice because well, the rest of the world has already done That's it. actually exactly what I'm saying, though. And, and and to be, I did not say what's going to happen in the next five years. You know, it could be 10, 20 years. What I'm saying is I think we should, instead of us thinking about the far out future, like I think a lot of people think like, oh, maybe in the next 100 years, 50 years. So I think that that timeline is shortening. Yeah, I agree with that. And that statement, that is what I was saying was when they were forced to, and there's going to be a lots of things that force them mm. to do it. Not only are we going to see other countries using it, so they have to listen to the way other countries, but when you get, when you get both internal and external pressure, because I agree with Smey, the government has shown just because the people want us to do something does not mean we're going to do it. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the internal pressure meets the external pressure, the government's going to find themselves between a rock and a hard place. And also, we have to remember that that you guys, when you, uh, it's okay to disagree with me. It's fine. But we also are talking about broken money when we think about the way the government handles money. The way the U.S. dollar is so broken, the way the Chinese yuan, the way the, way the money we have seen for the last 50 years, it's we have not seen good money. Yep. When you put good money back into the equation, like what we saw thousands of years ago when gold was introduced as a currency, solid reasoning and solid economic decisions were made. The government was forced to listen to the people. Was there still corruption? Was there still power trips? Absolutely. But there was at least some semblance of order and structure and uh, uh, ties to the government or those in power having to adhere to the people. We have not seen that in so long. So we're thinking, man, yeah, as long as we're talking about broken money like the U.S. dollar, mm. yes, no, the government continue to have power. But when the world starts to adopt a sound, hard money that gives power back to the people, that pressure is going to be too strong for the government to continue with that old way of how we treat fiat currency. I well, think. The, oh, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. I was going to just say, I think that the path here to be honest with you, would I think it's going to be the like I say, I think the government's going to be the absolute last when it comes to getting on the Bitcoin train. I the think U.S. government, man. Uh, yeah, the U.S. Yeah, government. Because I, I think because at this point, what I see happening is a, a bunch of businesses in America are going to start accepting Bitcoin, probably moving towards Bitcoin. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's going to happen very, very that's soon. That's probably going to happen. And I, I think I think we're going to get to the point where almost all businesses in some form or fashion are using a, a ability to pay with Bitcoin. Well, I'll tell you what. I agree. I what, think but, that's just what's going to take the U.S. government to to accept Bitcoin as legal tender is when we can pay taxes in it. Exactly. If government, if, if companies are accepting money in crypto to escape taxes, the, the government's going to start saying, all right, you know what? Mm. We'll let you pay taxes in crypto so you don't escape this. I don't think that. And that'll bring the adoption. I don't think major co co companies are accepting. Co I think there's a lot of ways that they can escape taxes I, that that I, don't involve using crypto. I, I, the thing is, though, I think the 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 answer, you're, you're on the right track there, but I think the answer is a little bit different in the fact that I think if that starts becoming an issue for the U.S. government and they start thinking that people are dodging taxes with Bitcoin, they're not going to say, all right, let's start accepting yeah. taxes in Bitcoin. They're going to say, we're going to do something rash and try to ban it or yeah. do something crazy like that and i think that's probably we, more likely we'll see i i i actually don't yeah i i don't agree with that yeah. i i think that it's going to be that external internal pressure that uh it's going to cause the u.s government to again we're talking about something completely different if we we're talking about a new fiat currency that's broken and, and like if we we're talking about dogecoin that is not 
a good sound money, then yes, they could do whatever they want with it. But we're talking about harder money. And I'm not just talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum, some of these harder coins to uh, manipulate. That's yeah. Those are the ones that I'm, I'm saying is going to put pressure on the U.S. government to actually listen rather than just to make all the decisions themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, let us know. I just put a poll in the chat. I am of the opinion that inflation is taxation without representation or legislation. And I think that the Bitcoin network and the cryptocurrency community are the only option that we have to fight that. Because as we found over the last hundred years, when the government starts moving in the direction of printing money, we don't really have any control over that. Unfortunately, we think we live in a democratic society or a Republican society, if you will. We don't. We live in a Republican society where we get to decide on certain things. And by republic, I mean we are a republic. I don't, I don't mean republican, the political party. I mean republic, the form of governance. We live in a republic, and we get a vote on certain things, but we obviously don't get much of a say on national debt and inflation because that has continued to increase and become a problem over the last hundred years debt, especially over the last 30 years on the federal level. But with that said, let's go ahead and move on here to some Bitcoin technical analysis. I want to break down what exactly is happening right now on the Bitcoin TA. As you guys know, we like to run through this in three phases. I want to show you the bullish components. I want to show you the bearish components. And I want to draw some conclusions so that we can figure out what happens next. Let's start here on the daily chart for Bitcoin. One of the first things that we need to take a look at here on Bitcoin is the fact that there is some massive bullish RSI divergence. You guys already know this. We've talked about this. But it is very important that I bring it back to your attention because RSI divergence is one of the most powerful technical chart formations that we have at our disposal to come to a conclusion on where the market's going to go. It's very rare that you're going to see RSI divergence that doesn't play out. And in this case, this RSI divergence is very, very bullish. Another thing I want to bring to your attention is the fact that there is going to be a golden cross coming up probably in just the next couple of days. If we look here, we can see that the 50 is going to be crossing above the 200 more than likely tomorrow. A gold Golden cross happens whenever a 50 simple moving average crosses above a 200 simple moving average. And that's really important because if we look back on the history of Bitcoin, we can find that golden crosses oftentimes will happen at the very beginning of a bull market. We saw one happen on the 27th of October in 2015. That kicked off the 2016-17 bull market. We saw one form right here on April the 23rd, 2019. That kicked off a bull market. And we also saw one form right here on this on the, about the 20th of May last year, which, as you can see, kicked off a bull market. Now, one thing to keep in mind, I personally think that golden crosses are a lot more powerful than death crosses. Why? Because Bitcoin has a trend of moving to the upside two-thirds of the time. About two-thirds of the time, we're in a bull market. One-third of the time, we're in a bear market. Something like that. You might even argue as one-fourth of the time, we're in a bear market, and three-quarters of the time, we're in a bull market. Nevertheless, because of this, golden crosses typically have a much longer run where the golden cross will happen, and then the bull market will continue for a long time. I'm not as big of a fan of death crosses. A lot of times, they show up when you're already halfway through the trend or close to the end of the downtrend, but golden crosses, on the other hand, are very, very powerful indicators, and they do give us a good sign of what's going to happen. Another thing that we want to talk about here on Bitcoin are some of our chart formations. If we look down here on the daily chart, we're going to find that Bitcoin was in a descending triangle pattern, but we have now broken bullish out of that. We can see that descending triangle pattern right here. There was a downtrending level of resistance, which I'll go ahead and draw red. We attempted to break bullish out of this yesterday, but we failed, and we pulled back down to a local low of 43,500. Keep this level in mind. We're going to come back to this. But for right now, what you need to know is that Bitcoin did manage to form what we might call a rounded bottom, and it has come up here and tested our downtrend and has now broken out effectively. One of the things we also 
need to keep in mind, however, is that there is flat resistance at 46,500, which was set back yesterday on the or excuse me, the day before yesterday at about seven o'clock in the afternoon. Eastern time on the 12th of September. This top right here is our next level to break. So if you're doing shorter term trading, be on the lookout for that. But remember, I talked about this low and how we're going to come back to that. Let's go ahead and discuss that. There have been several lows that have shown up on the daily chart over the last couple of weeks. But the two that are most important are the one that showed up last Tuesday and the one that showed up yesterday. The low that we saw last Tuesday was sitting at $42,700, whereas the low that we are sitting at right or that we set yesterday was at forty three thousand five hundred dollars the reason that this is important is because bitcoin has set a series of higher highs you can see one two you might argue there's two different ones here so you might argue two three uh three four five higher highs so that means we're in an uptrend okay we're seeing higher highs that's how we know that we're in an uptrend that's very good but we're also seeing higher lows we can see one down here a second one down here and then we can also see that there's a third higher low that we set last tuesday and then there's a fourth higher low that we set today so while it might not look great the fact that we had a giant drop uh, a week ago today, the fact of the matter is we're still seeing higher highs and we're still seeing higher lows. That is a good thing. We want to see our momentum build. We want to see us get back up above 43, uh, excuse me, $53,000 so we can set a six higher high up here. But that is going to have to wait. It's going to take a little while to get there. But in general, I think we're still doing pretty well. And Tam, you have a note here in our notes on Wyckoff accumulation. So I'm going to hand it to you for a second. Explain yeah. to us what we're seeing happen here on the chart as far as Wyckoff is concerned. Well, the, the thing is, actually, if you were to go and, and, and I can't do this, so if you were to I look at them up. side by side, but that, that's what I'm saying. You can't, I don't think you can make it to where they can see them side by side. If you were to take, let me look at the, the exact dates real quickly. Sorry, guys. Uh, shifting over trying to keep the super chats going if you look at the dates between let's go the 18th of may and let's call it right here before we cross back through that trading oh no let's go right here let's go june uh july 29th so what i say 19th of may july 29th yep look at what is happening there with the price action this accumulation this why coffee accumulation phase with the trading channels with everything else again there's a lot that goes into it what you need to know though is we kept bumping our head around 40 000, that was our level and we kept dropping down to a level somewhere between thirty-one thousand, and we could get as low as 29. all right Notice something about this trend. We are actually looking at a descending wedge. Now, there's lots of touches with wicks, but when you look at the candle bodies, we see a descending wedge right before we hit our spring on the 20th of July, and then we resumed the rally. This is actually according to what Richard Wyckoff teaches. That's why we call it the Wyckoff accumulation phase. This is a whole shakeout phase where the uh, the uh, the um, composite man is simply trying to shake off all retail investors. He's trying to buy at the buy at the bottom, sell at the tops, get everyone out, and then once he feels good, once he's like, all right, that's that's good enough. I got to these bottom levels and the volume stopped. That means the retailers are just not really sure. Now is my time to buy and let the price go up, okay? Mm -hmm. So that is what we're looking for. So if you zoom in, because you now you gotta go to the hourly chart to kind of see the comparison of what we've just seen happen ever since that drop we had on the September 7th, right? It almost looks identical. What happened yesterday with that huge rally up and then drop down, for a second, let's just forget that. I, there's significance to it, but forget that that even happened. Yep. Because Anomaly. in all reality, what it did was it took us above the ascending wedge, took us below the descending wedge, and then brought us right back up into it. So when it was all said and done, it accomplished nothing. Uh, 
But when you look at it, I know Jeb was talking about a descending triangle, but look at the candle bodies on the hourly chart. If you follow the candle bodies, we are again in a descending wedge that is similar to what we just saw a couple months ago. Now, we have broken bullish out of that wedge. My one concern, and, and this doesn't mean it's not going to happen. My one concern, if you looked at, and let's, let's say that the 13th of September, so this was yesterday, around 12 o'clock was the spring. Let's make that argument. If you look at the volume, it's not exactly what we would say is perfect volume. And here's the reason why. It kind of has a nice little spike right there. That is not normal for whales to choose that as the spring. Actually, what Wyckoff teaches is that when you attempt a spring, one of the things the, the composite man is looking for is low volume to say, hey, the retailers are scared. They don't, they're not convinced that this is the bottom, right? So the volume stays low. He's able to make his purchase and go up. The volume's a little... The, a little higher than I would like. Now, what I do like is if you looked at, let's see, the hours between, so I see 1600, so four o'clock and um, four o'clock yesterday and one o'clock this morning, it looks like we had a mini shakeout with very, very small volume. So that's a, that's a positive sign that that potentially could be saying that we are now moving into phase D of an accumulation phase of Wyckoff. Uh, that's another thing they shake out to see, hey, is anyone sticking with us? Are we gonna keep going? But what we wanna see over the next couple of days to confirm this is A, breaking through that resistance, that top of the trading channel at 47,300, breaking through that and then bouncing back down to it to see a level of support before we resume the run. If we see that, then I think we're in phase D. I think one way or another, we are doing Wyckoff's thing, uh, Wyckoff's accumulation phase. My only fear, and this is not a strong fear, it's just a fear, is that the whales did not like that spring. There was too much volume there. They're going to go down and test it one more time, maybe even go deeper to really test people at like 43, 42 and a half, and then we're going to resume this rally. I, I think there's a good chance that we're not going back down that far, but there's also, I can't lie to you and say there isn't a chance, according to what Wyckoff said. But for those of you who understand or have been trying to understand Wyckoff, that's the thinking you need to be looking at, is what is happening at each of these points with the volume. Uh, and then once you understand that, that's when you'll be able to actually get in the mind of the composite man and make trades the same way he makes them. There you go, guys. Look at Tim, man. A year ago, he made his first trade in Bitcoin, and he bought $5,000 worth of Bitcoin. This is a public story. I'm not uh, doxing him on his finances. He's told the story here on the channel. Actually, go watch the video that we clipped and put up last week where he hosted the show last Wednesday for me. Really great video. He went over his story. The last year, Tim has done a fantastic job of learning technical analysis. So thank you very much for that, Tim. Really quickly here, I want to go over the bearish components. There's not a lot of them, but there are definitely some. On the hourly chart, there is also some bearish RSI divergence, which you can see right here. We have a downtrending level of resistance and then an uptrending level of resistance here on the RSI. That is indicative that we might see that movement to the downside that Tim's talking about where the spring might not have been um, might not have been strong enough for the whales liking and they might like to see a little bit of a correction down to that 42.5 to 43.5 region. I personally could very much see that happening but I do think that the bottom is close. Might not be in the next three days but I do think that it will be. There's a chance it could take longer but I think in the next couple of days we will see that bottom come in. I see this descending triangle pattern and I do need to mention it to 
you. But like Tim said, it also looks like a falling wedge. You can make that argument. In fact, these lines being so close to parallel, you could also make the argument that this is a falling trading channel, which acts as a continuation pattern. So there's a lot of con there's a lot of mixed signals going on right now on the one hourly chart and the four hourly mm -hmm. chart. But the point here is it looks like there's a very small little microscopic example of the same Wyckoff formation and accumulation pattern that we saw earlier on in this year. But at the same time, there is bearish RSI divergence, which is pointing to some kind of move to the downside. Probably not a huge move, but at least a small move down to support between forty-two dollars and $44,000. Now, one of the other things that we want to bring to your attention is the TD sequential, because there is right now, as of literally this minute, a nine flash showing up on the one hourly chart. Take a look at this. We just saw the hourly candle, uh, hourly candle close. This is really important. Why? Because TD sequential is a candlestick counting algorithm. Once it gets to nine, it's signaling for a reversal. Whenever you see that reversal, generally the market is going to move in the direction that it's calling for because the TD sequential is a very powerful candlestick algorithm, very powerful indicator, excuse me. We've seen a nine flash form right here, and that does indicate that we're going to see a move to the downside as well. That might be going hand in hand with our uh, RSI divergence that we're seeing. Another thing to point out is down on the minute chart right now. Now, even before I get started, let me just preface this. This is the minute chart. There's always going to be volatility on the minute chart. But on the minute chart, we are seeing a bit of a correction. We're down a percent in the last 32 minutes. Keep that in mind. I wouldn't weigh too much on that. But one thing that I would keep in mind is how these next couple of hourly candlesticks close. One thing I've seen happen many times is a big green candlestick. We rally too far. We see a long upper shadow up here, and then we see a small red candlestick followed by a big red candlestick. I don't have a definite. I don't have a, a, a name for that candlestick formation, but it generally looks a little something like uh, this. You see a small red candlestick form right here, and then you see a giant red candlestick form right here. This is what it looks like. I see this happen all the time, and then you normally see a longer upper shadow up there. That's what we're seeing happen right now. We saw this big upper wick. That's indicative that the bull tried to rally us up above $47,000 and they failed, which means the momentum right now is in the camp of the Bears. Another thing to point out is on the hourly chart Bollinger Bands, we are right now at the top of the Bollinger Bands with this major rally that we saw occur over the last several hours, and we see that happening on the four-hourly chart as well. In fact, on the four-hourly chart, we can see exactly what I was talking about on the one-hourly chart. There is this long, long, large upper shadow up here. That upper wick is really important because it signals that the bulls tried something and they didn't succeed. Similarly to how we saw this massive upper shadow from 45,000 all the way to 47,000 yesterday, we're seeing the same thing happen right here. Not a bullish factor. But of course, there is always going to be bullish sides and bearish sides. It is our mission here to bring you a holistic point of view on the market so that you guys understand every single facet of what's going on. So scrub back in the video a little bit if you want to see all the bullish components. We just talked briefly about the bearish components, but now we want to talk about some conclusions. Number one, there is a lot of mixed signals coming into our brains at the moment. Our technicals are giving us a ton of mixed signals. We're seeing that Wyckoff accumulation says we might see a correction and then a rally. We're seeing RSI divergence says that we might be moving to the downside. We're seeing bullish things like a golden cross coming up on the daily chart and bullish things like how we're breaking bullish out of the falling wedge, which is also classified as a descending triangle pattern depending on where you draw your support level. There's so much going on right now, which is contradictory. So what do we do in this scenario? We go back to the basics and we remember that there is something called the dissonance of technical analysis. 
analysis. That's one of the things that we cover in the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, by the way. Our alumni understand what to do when you see dissonance of technical analysis. What is that? Dissonance just means to not be in agreement. We have a lot of technical indicators disagreeing with each other. What do we do? Well, what I like to do and what Tim has also found a lot of success doing, and you're more than welcome to weigh in on this, Tim, is that whenever there's a ton of different technical analysis, technical indicators, chart formations, oscillators, whatever, disagreeing with each other, in general, it comes down to you, the trader, to use your wisdom, your intuition, and your instinct to figure out what's going on. Now, a lot of times you're going to see like 70% of indicators are bullish, 30% are bearish. Probably go with that. Probably go with majority rule, but make sure you're doing some thinking for yourself because uh, mathematical equations, no matter how advanced, are never going to be able to tell you everything you need to know. But in this case, where we're seeing so much dissonance between the technical analysis, it really comes down to the wisdom and the expertise of the trader and the analyst to figure out what we're going to do next. So, Tim, yeah. what do you think we're going to do next? Well, you know, let's, I want to even put it a different way. When you come into a position like this where there is confusion all around, and it's not just technical analysis, by the way, guys. If you will go look at news stories, there are bullish and bearish news stories. If you go look at on-chain mm -hmm. metrics, there are bullish metrics, there are bearish metrics. The entire market is kind of in a place right now. It's like, all right, what do we do? Yep. So let's stop. And let's go back and focus first on what we do know, what we have seen happening and what we know is coming, right? First of all, we are seeing like, and I, I guess it would be kind of hard to say 100%, but I think we could probably say with, with about 99% certainty, what we have seen over the last week is manipulation. All right, so let's stop right there. Yep, agreed. We don't know who exactly. We don't want to point fingers necessarily, but what we do know is there was no reason for that drop, yet we saw it. That is a sign of manipulation. Let's connect some other dots. Also, we are seeing the mass adoption of Bitcoin in El Salvador. We're seeing it in companies here in the United States. We're seeing the just all over the planet, despite stories. You know, we see China obviously going against it. We see, uh, I think there's some news in South Korea that isn't necessarily so bullish, but yes. yet we see other countries like Ukraine. We see countries, you know, El Salvador. We see these other Central and Southern South American countries getting more bullish about Bitcoin every single day. We are seeing, you know, especially as fiat currencies continue to become inflated with the economy from the disease that we cannot name, uh, we are seeing the the rush to these assets become more and more evident daily. We can see that by the amount of people who are moving their crypto off exchanges because they wanna go ahead and protect it pretty much for a scary moment in their economy. All of this connected, we know the trajectory of Bitcoin and other cryptos is up. So that's where we have to stop and now rewrite the story. Yep. The reason why I'm so certain that this is Wyckoff, and, the, and, and again, there's two different, and I know when people hate this, there's two different options here. One option, according to Wyckoff, is that we could go back down to about 43, 42 and a half to reshake and test out some retailers before we resume up. The other thing is, because I saw Greg put it in chat, and this is one of our notes here, is while the daily chart on Bitcoin is super bullish, the four hourly and the hourly chart, we're seeing some bearish RSI divergence yep. coming up. But here's the thing. Remember what I just said about Wyckoff, what he teaches is after a spring, we could we could have just hit the spring. What happens after the spring is shakeouts. What are shakeouts? Where the price drops to scare retailers off. So what I think is happening right now in the chart, when Jeb says what's gonna happen over the next couple of days, it's one of two things. And I know that sucks to hear. I know that people wanna just know the final answer, but that's, that's just not how the world works sometimes. Sometimes you have to explore all your options and then make your decision based off of it. Mm -hmm. I think one of two things are happening. We're gonna see a pretty good price drop because the whale said we're not done yet. We need to go back and explore that level and get more, get more of it, get more crypto and shake off a couple more retailers. 
Or the other thing is this is just a test because that's what's really gonna happen. If we see increased volume right here, we only have to drop a couple hundred dollars maybe a thousand at most to shake off some people. If we see low volume, boom, going back up. Yep. If we see high volume, meaning a lot of interest, a lot of people dealing with this, they're also getting in and out of the market. That's when I think we're gonna see the price go down. So I would say, I think we're going up, but let's watch the volume over the next couple of hours, next couple of days, and that will probably be the biggest tell of what's gonna happen to the Bitcoin price. And then, not only Bitcoin's price, I believe we're in a spot right now where the rest of crypto is kind of waiting and watching what's gonna happen to Bitcoin's yep. price. Not necessarily smaller altcoins, but the bigger ones. So. I, if you're in Ethereum, if you're in Cardano, I think you need to have your eyes on not only Bitcoin, but also the volume yep. and the price action over the next couple of days. Absolutely. And guys, I'll give you one more technical and then I'm going to tell you what I think. Looking here on the four hourly chart, we can see that Lux Algo flashed a sell signal that, I mean, just perfectly called this correction. Look at this. This was fantastic. You definitely would have been well off if you had Lux Algo in that case. And we haven't seen a green uh, buy signal yet, but we might see one coming in the relative, uh, relatively near future. But on the daily chart, we saw a buy signal, a strong buy signal back on the 26th of July, and Ethereum and Cardano have both now switched over to sell signals, but Bitcoin still hasn't. Bitcoin has flirted with the idea of putting a sell signal right here from Lux Algo. We've in fact seen one flash twice while we were live recording content, and then it switched back to bullish. So we're right on the verge of Lux Algo switching to a sell signal. What does this mean? It means that according to Lux Algo, one of my favorite indicators. By the way, if you don't have Lux Algo, you need to get it. The link's in the description box down below. It calls all these rallies. It's just such an amazing indicator. I can't say enough good things about it. But Lux Algo right now is saying, hey, if we go too much farther to the downside, then we're probably going to see a sell signal and it's probably going to uh, mean that we're going to move quite a bit farther. In fact, I see price targets down around thirty-eight dollars to $40,000 if that occurs. On the other hand, if we rally to the upside just a couple thousand dollars, we're probably going to see a buy signal on the four hourly chart, which is also significant because we don't see very many of those. And when we do, they're normally very accurate. So we might be moving to the upside in a big way then. So I think Lux Algo is giving us a peek at what is going Going on right now in Bitcoin. I think right now is a crucial decision point in Bitcoin's history. I think how Bitcoin acts in the next three days is going to determine a lot about what Bitcoin is going to do in the next month. I think if Bitcoin is able to get above $47,000, $48,000 in the next three days and stay above there, whether it has a short-term correction first or not, I think we're going to see a buy signal on the four-hourly chart, which means that we would retain our buy signal on the daily chart. But if Bitcoin starts pulling back down again for a third time, down to support around $43,000, we very well may see that sell signal on Lux Algo, which could be the thing that that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back and forces us to go much lower. So I think we're in a very, very touchy position right now. I think it's very critical what Bitcoin does in the next three days. I'm personally leaning very, I'm personally leaning pretty bullish on the daily chart, but the four hourly chart and the hourly chart with this RSI divergence concerns me that the whole thing could go up in flames if the four hourly chart and the hourly chart don't cooperate. So the daily chart looks bullish. It actually looks very bullish. However, that hourly chart and that four hourly chart, you're going to want to keep an eye on. With all that said, guys, that's all we got for the technical analysis, but I want to move into a quick little speed round on the news because I got a bunch of headlines I want to read to you that are really important. Before we do that, I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't already signed up for the cryptocurrency technical analysis, Academy. You absolutely should. CT2A is the place where I created 
an academy where you can learn everything that you need to know about technical analysis. We've got over 45 videos and 14 hours of high quality educational content teaching you everything that you need to know to be able to read these markets, read these charts, and learn how to profit in them. This is where Tim learned how to do all of his technical analysis. So make sure to sign up with the link in the description box down below. I firmly believe the best investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself. With that said, we have our marketing director, Shannon, here. He is going to give you a little bit of an announcement that is going to help you to succeed here on the channel. Shannon, what do you got to say? No, oh. wait, they're not going to see you. You're not going to. You got to come up. You got to come up. You got to come sit in the. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. You want the chair? Yeah, sure. Give me the chair. Take 30 seconds from us. Oh, great. Hey, everybody. Scoot 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 Come on. Hi, I'm Shannon. Hold on, hold on. Look right there. Look into the microphone. Look into the microphone. You mean the camera? Yes. Great. I mean the camera. Sorry. I don't know why I said microphone. I'm the chief marketing officer at CryptoJib. Sorry to interrupt, but frankly, the marketing department just kind of needs, well, data, right? Uh, We want to better understand the audience, right? Because I feel that the best way to do that is to ask you directly. So if you look in the description, there should be a link. May is it in there? Yes. Yeah. For the focus group application. If you'd like to participate, it's totally optional. Just jump in there, fill it out. And then we're going to be selecting candidates from that to have a 30-minute call with yours truly. It's just a quick little run-through of just a couple of questions we have about how we can improve the stream, new types of content, everything like that. With that said, I want to hop back to my office and let you guys get back. Yeah, to get the, the hell out of here. Yeah, get yeah. out of my chair. Oh my get God. out of my chair. Everybody. I'm going to start charging rent for every second you sit in that past 30. Anyway, guys, basically what Shannon is saying... Click the link down below. Help us out because we want to know how we can best serve you. If you do that, then you're going to be helping to uh, you're going to be helping our team to figure out what kind of content you guys want most. So make sure to check that out down below. Really quickly, I want to run through about three different big headlines that have been um, major in the cryptocurrency space over the last week or so. The first one has to do with Michael Saylor because, as you guys know, yesterday or you might not know, that's why we're doing this. Yesterday, Michael Saylor. The CEO of MicroStrategy had MicroStrategy buy 5,050 Bitcoin worth a quarter billion dollars, bringing their total company holdings up to 114,000 Bitcoin worth 5.3 billion. MicroStrategy is one of the largest wallets and one of the largest single individual holders, entity, uh, institutional holders of Bitcoin in the cryptocurrency space. And I think they are one of the best things that has happened to crypto in quite some time because they're not somebody that I distrust gobbling up Bitcoin. Bitcoin, as we're seeing a lot of people do and a lot of institutions do. I think they are a very good thing for the cryptocurrency space. Tim, really quickly, what is your take on Michael uh, Michael Saylor and uh, his influence in crypto? Is it a good thing, bad thing, ugly thing? What do you think? As long as no one ever treats him the way that Elon Musk was treated as like the godsend, the, the father yep. of Bitcoin, good. You, you never can go wrong with having influential, wealthy people be supporters of it. What goes wrong is when we lean on their uh, we lean on their state and their takes and their opinions and we just make all of our opinions based off of that that's when it becomes a little bit uh, too much and I'm like hey let, that's a bad thing absolutely guys I got another quote here from Charles Hosky Hoskinson himself before I get to that though I completely agree with Tim. I think Michael Saylor is a fantastic influence on the cryptocurrency space. I think MicroStrategy is a great thing. Uh, Michael Saylor getting all of those different industry executives in one room back in February, I think it was, is probably where a lot of these big companies like Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, a lot of these other uh, uh, companies have learned and gotten their feet wet into the cryptocurrency space. I think he is a net positive for the cryptocurrency space, so long as we don't put him on a pedestal, as we shouldn't do with anyone. But we do have another quote here from Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano, and he believes what's probably going to happen is we're going to live on an internet of blockchains. 
This is really interesting because what he believes is that layer zero protocols, Polkadot being a good example, are going to be the thing that bring together cryptocurrency. What he basically believes is that in the same way that you we use Wi-Fi, but you don't really pay attention to, is this a Samsung router or an Apple router or I don't know, does Microsoft make routers? I have no idea. You just pay attention to, hey, I have internet, right? What Charles Hoskinson believes is that it's not going to come down to, oh, I use Bitcoin or, oh, I use Ethereum or, oh, I use Cardano. It's going to come down to, I use this service and what platform it operates on is solely up to the developer and the end user doesn't need to know about it. Why is this important? Because as an entrepreneur who owns a company with 10 employees and like five contractors and we've been running this business for over a year now, one of the things that I've learned is that the way that you grow a business, which Cardano, make no mistake, is going to grow in the same way a business does, is by making a service either um, makes make a customer's life either easier, faster, or simpler. Think about it. That's what the internet does. The internet makes your life faster because you don't have to go to the bookstore. It makes your life easier because you don't have to get in your car and go through the trouble of going to the bookstore, and it makes it faster. In the same way, remember back to 15 years ago when we first started seeing uh, 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 music being played on things like iPods. That was a big deal. You didn't have to carry around a big cassette player. Instead, you were able to have it in your pocket. And then five years later, you know what started showing up? You start seeing um, uh, Alexa, you start seeing Echo, Google Home, app, all these different products so that you could say, play country music. Because all of a sudden, it was too hard for us to go and put a playlist together on an iPod. The way that a technology gets developed and um, the way a technology becomes mass accepted and sees mass adoption is by making people's lives easier. So what Charles Hoskinson believes is that Cardano is going to be a part of this Web 3.0 movement where cryptocurrencies are brought together by layer zero interoperability protocols like Polkadot, which we're going to be talking about in Altcoins Anonymous tomorrow, more than likely. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Charles Hoskinson sees the future, and I think he's absolutely onto something. And I think we're going to see a new internet built on cryptocurrency. I think Charles Hoskinson is absolutely right about this. Tim. Polkadot, Polkadot, Polkadot. Smay. Also, what did you Tell just? Me a little bit about hold on, hold on. Tell me, what did you just mention? You mentioned something that we've not talked about yet. You're right, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. Okay, good. Just yes. making sure that you remember. So, what's your? About. Yeah, no, I know. So, what's your opinion on polka dots, man? Oh, me. Um, because I polka like, dot is kind of what Charles Hoskinson is talking about. You got layer one solutions like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh, Cardano. They're all brought together through interoperability protocols like polka dot. Um, well, I like polka dot because the thing is, polka dot was the first one that was kind of on this bandwagon, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, the literally the invention of polka dot was to remake the internet. So yep. um, I, I I think that it has a lot of good backing behind it. It has a whole foundation. That's whole goal is to redo the internet. So uh, in terms of work in, you know, also Polkadot's pumping right now, if you guys don't know. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah, I think it's very, very, very good. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Polkadot. Good wrap up. Yeah, that's yeah. a great wrap. It's very it, good. It, it's good. It's very good. Tim, do you have good. any thoughts on Polkadot, Polkadot or Charles Hoskinson's opinion on this? No, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I the, when you read that article, that was the first time I ever heard it, so I would have to read it and yeah. analyze it. And I think right now we're sitting in the mid-80s for the internet technology. All the people that are working on internet, they all know about all the different... <laughs> I'm not an internet nerd. I, I, ha I hate working with internet and networking. I'm a computer nerd. I'm just not an internet nerd. I'm a nerd on the internet, but I'm not a nerd about the internet, put it that way. But back in the 80s, for any of you guys that were there, you can tell me what some of the things that everybody was talking about then. Everybody was talking about this and that and this and that and this technology and that technology. 
The end user could not care less what the technology is called or how it works. They just want to know how it's going to make their life easier, faster, or simpler. What Charles Hoskinson is saying is that if we're able to do that by bringing together protocols like Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Cardano through interoperability solutions like Polkadot, then we're going to see the future of cryptocurrency massively accelerate. And I, and I think he couldn't be farther uh, from wrong. That was a weird way of saying that. I think he is absolutely right. Let's put it that way. Third and final topic that I want to mention here. South Korea is going to be requiring all cryptocurrency exchanges in the nation to submit proof that they are using real name bank accounts with South Korean banks. This is not going to cause South Korean cryptocurrency exchanges to shut down, but by the deadline on September 24th, they have to be in compliance with this, and most of them are probably not going to be in compliance that quickly. So South Korea might be about to see pretty much all of its cryptocurrency trading shut down, which would be very interesting. I remember back when I got into cryptocurrency, there was something very prevalent in crypto called the kimchi premium, and that was the price of Bitcoin and other altcoins on South Korean exchanges compared to the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies on um literally any other exchange, a lot of times you'd see that the prices on South Korean exchanges were about 2% higher for whatever reason they were. And what people would do is they'd buy a cryptocurrency on one exchange and go and sell it with the kimchi premium, make that 2%, bring the money back over here, buy Bitcoin, and then do something called arbitrage. People made a lot of money doing that, and the South Korean officials weren't too happy about it. So now in South Korea, if you want to trade on one of their exchanges, you have to be able to prove that you are a South Korean citizen with what they have as an equivalent of a U.S. Social Security number. So there's a lot going on in South Korea. I'm not going to dive into this story. If you'd like, we can talk about it more in future content. But keep an eye on that September 24th deadline. As it gets closer, we're going to dive more into that content. But I do want to mention something very exciting that we started yesterday. Yesterday was the inaugural episode of an experimental new series called Altcoins Anonymous. And we went ahead and started it. It happens at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time every single single day of the week. We're going to be trying this for a week or two. If you guys like it, we'll keep going. If you guys don't like it, then we'll find out what you want and then we'll make sure we're doing that. But essentially what this show is, is a place where I can go into the fundamentals and the technicals of your favorite altcoins. Definition of altcoin in this context, just so you know, is any cryptocurrency that's not Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Cardano, because we cover those top three here on this channel. But we want to start talking a lot more about those smaller cap cryptocurrencies that you guys are always asking us about. It's funny, whenever we read Super Chats, it's like, like half of the super chats are saying look into Theta or look into Elrond or look into this. This is going to be where we're able to cover that content. I'm really excited for this and you guys seem to be also. I asked you guys on Twitter what you thought. I got so many likes on the tweet. I got so many responses. You guys seem to be very excited about the idea of some altcoin specific content and today's altcoin anonymous stream which will be going up at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time about five hours from now we'll be covering Solana. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about Solana because it's got some very, very, very interesting technicals. And I've got some interesting opinions on it and its future price action that I don't think you're going to want to miss. So make sure to tune in. Go watch to, to, cl to clarify real quick, because I know yesterday you talked about doing Polkadot, Jeb. Do you know, yes. Can you explain to them why we're doing Solana? Yes, we're today? going to be doing Solana because you guys have shown resounding interest in Solana. On the show yesterday, we said we were going to do Polkadot. I want to do Polkadot for the reasons we just talked about with it having interoperability with Cardano. We're going to talk about Polkadot on that show, but we're probably going to push it off to tomorrow because there's some really interesting stuff going on on Solana. So make sure to tune in for that. We had a bunch of you guys join yesterday. Everybody who joined loved it. We had like 
70% of the viewers hit the like button, which never happens. By the way, smash the like button on this stream if you are enjoying. I think we're going to have a lot of fun this afternoon. Let's go ahead and wrap out the stream by reading some of the top super chats. I say we, we cannot read all of them because there's so many, but I, I there's a couple that I think would be really good to answer. And speaking of Dot, there the first one that was asked was about Dot. It's by DSP saying, hey, Jeb, since you're featuring Dot. Oh, so sorry, man. Aww. Featuring Dot on this afternoon's show, would you mind including Pokedex along with it? Would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so again, I'm this is a thought that. That tomorrow, potentially, and I, I don't think there's any reason why we're going to do a different one in, ahead of Polkadot for tomorrow. Um, but uh, yeah, Ben Cook said Ukraine could certainly benefit from adopting Bitcoin. My fiance lived in, okay, Kiev for Kiev, a year. That's a and, capital. And the adoption, okay. And its adoption would give a lot of financial freedom, especially in the villages. Yep. And, and that's, I think, maybe one of the points is I don't know if anyone would say that Bitcoin is not going to be good for them yeah. for financial freedom. The question is, will the government allow it to happen? That's mm -hmm. what we need to kind of wait and see. Yep. Kelly, Kelly, uh, Gabe saying, uh, people forget that Bitcoin and most cryptos are traceable way more than fiat, and mm -hmm. thus, I think governments will start to realize that and move towards crypto for that sake. Mm. It actually gives them more control. Interesting. And that's something I was, you know, I didn't want to continue to argue, but like that's the other thing is that governments want control. Yeah. Now, the thing about crypto and Bitcoin specifically is it's going to spread that control out. So the government has going is going to realize Bitcoin is going to take away my control, but if I want any control whatsoever, I have to adopt and utilize crypto. Mm -hmm. And so they will settle for a little rather than having zero. Yeah. Uh, Sean Burns says, will there be another crypto other than Bitcoin to be accepted as legal tender? Something that can happen, uh, something that can have legal documents as NFTs. Maybe. This is something that a project that I am blanking Icon, I believe it was Icon, was working on. I don't know if Icon is still active, ICX. It probably is. Was working on back when I first got into cryptocurrency. <laughs> Adoption as legal tender means that the cryptocurrency has to be built as a cryptocurrency in theory. Bitcoin was designed to be a currency. Cardano and Ethereum, which are the other two contenders that a nation might look to adopt, frankly, are not designed to be currencies. They're designed to be protocols that you build mm. things on top of. So they might get adopted in another capacity, such as legal documentation, like you said. But as far as legal tender, I think the only one in the running right now is Bitcoin. You might be able to make an argument for Cardano because of how many freaking transactions it can process and how it does have a limited supply. But I think Bitcoin is the going to be the front runner in that category for a long time. Gotcha. We got another one from Juan Pedrojita saying, what will happen if the bear market comes into play? How will countries adopting Bitcoin and take, okay, how the country adopting Bitcoin will take the shot if it's completely Bitcoin? Volatility is good, but also concerning in terms of country and economy. That's absolutely true. What, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts about that one? Well, first of all, a lot of these nations are incredibly powerful. And if they see that, uh, especially if we see a nation like Ukraine or anything or any nation larger than them, then um, they're going to have a vested interest in seeing the Bitcoin price be propped up. And that is going to be a very big th deal because all of a sudden we're going to have organizations, which in this case, I'm talking about a nation, have a vested interest in the stability of Bitcoin and crypto. That's never happened before. A lot of these uh, governments, uh, excuse me, a lot of these um, institutions, financial institutions that are getting into crypto want volatility so they can make more money off of it. Everyone that is in crypto, from the trader on the retail side to the investor on the retiree side to the institution, all of them want to see volatility because it's how they make their money. 
But as we start to see nations adopting it as a currency, they're going to have a vested interest in stabilizing it. And they're not going to be strong enough to have any impact on that at, the, at, at, at first. El Salvador and Ukraine do not have very large economies, and they cannot hope to compete with some of these massive multinational organizations. However, as more dominoes start to fall, and as more nations fully adopt it, or even if they don't fully adopt it, they start legislating it and then put it, providing tax incentives or certain uh, local governments like the government of Miami start allowing you to uh, pay taxes in it, you're going to see more nations have a vested interest in its stability. And I think that that is going to help stabilize Bitcoin. Hmm. We have a TA question from Ewan Heinmeier. Heinemeyer, Heinemeyer, isn't our side going up while price going down a bullish sign, i.e. money coming in and ready to spring price up? Question mark. Not necessarily. It, because yeah. it, it depends. RSI divergence that is bearish is always going to be bearish. There are other subtrends that show up in RSI, but I'd have to look at that on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, it, it, it has not so much to do with the overall price and the overall RSI. It's the tops and the bottoms yeah. of, of the spikes. So if, if, my spi- if the tops of the RSI are going up with the price spikes, the tops going down, that's bearish. If the bottom, so the support, is going up on the RSI while the support on the price is going down, that's bullish. So it's not as simple as just price going one way and RSI going another way. It has to do with bottoms and tops. Yep. So guys, make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're one of the fastest growing analysis channels here on YouTube. And the reason is because we try to bring you a holistic point of view on cryptocurrency markets seven days a week. We upload a ton of content here to YouTube. And it's our mission to make you as profitable in the cryptocurrency space as possible. If you want to make more money working in the cryptocurrency markets, make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit that post notification bell, and like the video because it helps us out in the YouTube algorithm. Before we go, guys, if you haven't already signed up for the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, you absolutely need to, and here's why. The best investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself. A better investment than Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, or anything is an investment in your own education because it's your education that allows you to make those investments. See how that works? The thing that comes first is your education. What comes second are the things that you invest in. You got to invest in your education, and we have created the premier cryptocurrency technical analysis platform to do technical to learn technical analysis in the entire cryptocurrency ecosystem. We have 45 videos and over 14 hours of high-quality educational content here that'll teach you everything that you need to know about technical analysis, so make sure to check it out with the link in the description box down below. We have not done our price predictions. You're right, we haven't. Let's do it. We did not do them yesterday, guys, because we had Ben on the show, ran a long time. Also, we're probably going to permanently move our prediction to Tuesday, so we have all of Monday to look. Just in case you guys know, I hope you guys have a practice like this in your own life as well. We all take Sunday off. We Sunday is our day to rest, reflect, to to get away from the world of crypto and the world of business, to just uh, be with our families, spend some time with uh, with our friends, and and so we don't look at things on Sunday. So therefore, when we come in Monday morning, fresh off of our rest, our Sabbath, uh, we don't know everything that's happening right off the bat. So it's nice to have a full 24 hours to kind of watch the markets move before we make our predictions. So moving forward, Tuesdays will be when we make our predictions. But we already have them locked in, and I'm going to let everyone, you guys remember your your numbers? I have mine right here. I'll read mine. All right, Jeb, what you got for Bitcoin? $47,800 by the end of the week. Smay, what you got? 
Sorry, let me pull it up. I don't give me a second. Um, let me read it for you. I wasn't prepared. Oh no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Hold on. Hold on. All right, forty-seven thousand flat. Forty-seven thousand flat. I am going on a limb, and I think we're actually gonna have a good week. Forty-eight thousand five hundred. So I am the highest on that prediction. Boom. Smay is down the lowest. Jeb sandwiched in the middle. On Ethereum, Jeb, what do you have? I believe that we're gonna be sitting at thirty-five fifty. Thirty-five fifty. Smay, what you got? Uh, thirty-four hundred. And I think, again, I'm on the top of this, 3,800. I think we're going to have a good week. I think Ethereum's going to outpace Bitcoin, but we shall see. Last one, Cardanos. Jeb, what you got? I think we're going to be at 240. 240. Smay, what you got? 240. No, you said 239. Oh, 239. I was reading it off the thing. 239. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, again, I'm on the top of this one. 270. I had to change my Let mind. us know in chat what do you think. Where do you think we're going? Who do you, yeah, what direction do you guys think the prices are going? Uh, we Hashtag Team tomorrow. Jeb. Hashtag yeah. Team no, Jeb. Team Represent in the chat. Team Hashtag 10. Team Jeb. Um, I don't even have to rep my team because everyone's already on it. So. Oh, okay. Hashtag Team Jeb. Let's do it. Well, guys, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure to stay tuned for this afternoon's 3.30 show on Solana. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to be going over all the technicals. We're going to be talking about why I think Solana is a great project. And we're going to be talking about where Solana is going next. You're not going to want to miss what we have to say on that. So make sure to stay tuned. That's all we got for you today. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching. As always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace.